Hi, I'm Jeremy Eckert. My wife Candace and I are the campus pastors at the Ridge Park Hill. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that this message connects with you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged, take courage, and enjoy. All right, guys, so this is it. So after tonight, there's only two sojourn services left until Christmas. I can't believe it's, it's already that time, but, but, it, but it's happening. The Christmas Spectacular here at the church is this weekend. Already the lines around the mall are insane. If you work in retail, you already know that people are going crazy for Christmas shopping. The trees are decorated. Uh, the, today even, I've, I've already worn my ugly Christmas sweater to work. It was fantastic. I'm telling you, it, it's just about time. As we get ready to celebrate the birth of our Messiah in just a few short weeks, I want to kick off the sojourn Christmas season by looking at a conversation between two miraculously expectant mothers. One was an older lady named Elizabeth. She'd been married to, to Zechariah for a long time. Now, he, he was a priest, but, but they were old and they had still not had any, any kids. They were past the point of being able to have kids naturally. But one day, Zechariah is serving in the temple because he was a priest and the angel Gabriel appeared to him and told him that sure enough, Elizabeth was going to become pregnant and have a son. And they were going to name him John. This was beyond human possibility, beyond expectations, beyond what was possible in the natural realm. This was a supernatural visitation And suddenly, Elizabeth had the news that she would be filled with John, who would be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth, carrying the anointing of Elijah to turn back the hearts of Israel to God and to prepare the way of the Lord. So on one hand, you've got Elizabeth, this older lady. On the other hand, you've got Mary. Mary is, is very much opposite of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was too old to have children. Mary was almost too young. She might have been as young as 12 years old. More likely 13 or 14 years old. Mary, a very, very young girl. Now, that was the custom back then for, for young ladies to get engaged and married and even have kids very early in their teenage years. That's, that's the way that it was. Even centuries later, if you read Romeo and Juliet, right? Shakespeare is writing about Juliet, and he says that she's only 13 at the time. You may remember the conversation between old Capulet and Paris where, where he says that she hasn't even reached the age of 14. So she's 13 years old, and, and so Romeo and Juliet is about a young teenager, even just a generation or two, even uh, around this area, it wasn't uncommon for people to get married uh, when they were in high school. At our last, our last church, um, it was a small farming community in Arkansas, and some of the people there got married when they were 16, not because they were pregnant, but because they were just, that's just the way that they did it. And it, it, it seems strange to us today, and it's definitely not in our culture, and it's not what we do, but, but that's the way that it was back then. And even if the the cultures are different, people are people. The times were different, but people are people. And Mary was still a child herself. Her body was still growing and maturing and her brain was still developing. And and the weird thing about the whole thing is she was still a virgin. 
But the angel visited her also. And so you've got these two women that on the surface didn't have much in common. Elizabeth was well advanced in years and Mary was, was not at all. They were a little bit related. They were maybe cousins, but, but their circumstances and stages of life were very different. But they had this one exceptional thing in common. Both women were miraculously carrying God's anointing in their wombs. Elizabeth was carrying the prophetic voice of John the Baptist. And Mary was carrying the Word made flesh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. What was living and active on the inside of them would unite them in a way that only best friends, even blood brothers, that they can't even imagine. It's not possible. When they met, they recognized the anointing in one another. And the Holy Spirit was present. And the prophetic flowed. So tonight I want to read this story and I want to encourage us tonight to connect with somebody on this incredible spiritual level as iron sharpens iron and let the prophetic flow through us and speak life and speak prophecy and speak goodness and speak the Word of God and let it flow out of us as we connect with someone that's got a similar anointing in them. Let's read this, uh, Luke chapter number 1, beginning in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the, the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, my baby, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill His promise to her. Now Elizabeth, uh, she was just overcome. I, I, can, I can picture this in my mind. Like She's in the back room. She hears Mary come in. Knock, knock. Hey, hey, how are you doing, Elizabeth? And, and all of a sudden, the, the baby that's in her, the, the gift of God that's in her, recognizes the gift of God that's in Mary. And all of a sudden, she just the, the anointing just flows out. And she starts singing this prophetic song. She starts, she starts uttering these prophetic words and praising God and saying, how blessed am I that you should even be here. You're carrying the Messiah. And she's, just, she's speaking these incredible things. And then Mary answers back because, you know what, anointing answers anointing, right? When people get excited, other people get excited, it's contagious. It's the, it, the same thing happens with the things of God. And so Mary answers back and she sings this amazing song. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away the rich empty. He has helped the servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Guys, there was a connection between these two women, transcendent of their natural state. They had God's promise in common. Maybe not much else, 
But they had God's promise in common. They had God's presence in common. And when they came together, the presence of God that was in each side of them created constructive interference and it overflowed. You know what I mean by constructive interference? Like when, when two waves are in sync and they combine and get taller, it's like when you're jumping on a trampoline, right? And sometimes your jump is, if it's destructive, then you're, you don't go anywhere. And if it's constructive interference, and that's like the double jump and you go through the roof, you know, you, you bounce with some kid that's smaller than you at, at altitude or something, it's fun, right? That, that's constructive interference, and that's what happened when, when these two people, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the presence of God, got together. That their waves overlapped and it was constructive and then just the anointing just went through the roof. So guys, here we go. This is a sermon about friendship, about fellowship, about partnership. It's about finding someone to let iron sharpen iron. It's about being available to be someone's miracle. It's about finding someone to be constructive with. And pushing each other into the presence of God and into the incredible things that he's got for us. A couple things. First, light recognizes light. Light recognizes light. There's some old sayings that, that kind of reflect this. And they're old sayings because they're true. Things like, it takes one to know one. And water finds its own level. I don't know if you've heard those or not. If, if not, you should, I'm sure your grandparents say it. It takes one to know one, water finds its own level. Basically, what it's saying is, is you're attracted to what you are. And people that are like you are attracted to you. So yeah, yeah, opposites attract at some level and diversity, certainly the flavor of life, right? It's exciting to hang around people that are different than you because it's a different perspective. And those things are exciting, but there's comfort in the familiar. And chances are, you have friends that are different than you because that makes life interesting, but your best friends, the people that you're the closest to, the people that you really pour your heart out with, the people that you have the, the late night conversations, the long road trips, those kind of people, those are people that are like you. They have the same values and attitudes as you do. They share your passions. They share what drives you. They share your convictions the things that keep you going in the right direction. They share your outlook on life and how you perceive the world. They share all these things. It's all these things in common, good or bad. People like you will find you. It can be a bad thing. It's when you're trying to, to escape a certain lifestyle or a certain addiction, then sometimes people that are also stuck in that will find you, will seek you out. It will keep pulling you back and pulling you down. It can be a bad thing, but it can also be a good thing. When you're trying to get better at something, when you're trying to advance your talent, maybe in, in music or in sports or in academics, you find somebody that, that's like you and you push each other, right? You find somebody that runs about your pace and you push each other to run a little bit faster. It can be a bad thing, it can be a good thing, or it can be a great thing. It can be a great thing when you find somebody that has a similar anointing. Because now, all of a sudden, this isn't just a friend thing. This isn't just people hanging out. These are people that have a specific call on their life. It's got, it's got something inside of them that's pushing them, that's driving them, that, that the passion can add to passion. It can be constructive interference, and you can do something incredible, something to change your world. 
Mary and Elizabeth were, were a generation apart and at two very different stages in their lives, but the Word of God was in them both, and that connection eclipsed all the differences to produce something that was beautiful, beautifully edifying in their relationship. Guys, if you pay attention, you will find somebody that has the same gifts and talents and anointings as you do. Because if you attract people like you are. If you're attracting people you don't like, be careful. <laughs> You'll eventually attract people that have your same, the same calling. If you've, got, if you've got a gift of healing inside of you, then there's going to be people that, are, that, are, that have gifts of healing that, that are drawn to you, and you, you can combine your faith you can, you can work the covenant together. You can do something incredible. If, if, if you are, are going to preach to thousands, and then you know what? you got other people that have that same anointing. They can come around you, and you can do something incredible. Be on the lookout for it. It's like using the, the find my friends or the location services on your phone, you know, where it shows you where your friends are. Be on the lookout for these things, because you never know what God's got just right around you. Look for it, because light recognizes light. Secondly, please carry an atmosphere of anointing. If people who are like you are going to find you, then the next logical question is, well, what are you like? As humans, we all have our flesh, and it shows through at times. Sometimes it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes it's okay to let your flesh shine through your, your flesh man, right? Because sometimes it's a smile, sometimes it's a hug, sometimes it's a high five, sometimes it's words of encouragement, and, and those are good things. Most of the time, we, we kind of equate our human nature with bad things because a lot of times when we say our human nature is shining through, then it's usually pride, a bad attitude, a look that's laced with lust, or a deal that's lost in addiction. There's, there's always something that the flesh craves that's counter to the nature of God. But, but as children of God, we also have the Holy Spirit in us to show through us. There's no such thing as camouflage Christians. Right? Camouflage is cool if you're deer hunting, if you're duck hunting, fine. Camouflaging Christians doesn't work, right? On Sunday, Pastor Kenny talked about being a conspicuous Christian. He talked about letting your Christianity shine out so that everybody knows that you're a Christian. I'm telling you, if light recognizes light, then, then you need to make sure that what you're shining out is light. Carry an atmosphere of anointing so that people can find you. Display the goodness of God in everything that you do. It's a conscious decision because your flesh is always going to want to show its face. You've got to show forth the anointing of God. You've got to treasure it. It's a conscious decision. You've got to guard it. Do you know that you have to guard your anointing? I remember a million years ago when I was playing football. And you look at me and you say, Pastor Jeremy, you didn't actually play. I did. It was a small school. And anyway, I actually had muscles back then. It was a long time ago. But I remember that the coach would let you wear your football jersey on game day. That's kind of a thing. I don't know if you guys do that. That's just a thing, right? So all the football players are wearing their jerseys on game day. And we had an open campus because this is before people were crazy. And so we could leave for lunch 
and go eat at lunch at Wendy's or whatever else and then go back to school. And so that was fun. And so, so while we were out, the big thing was, if you're going to do something stupid, take off your jersey. Right? Because if you want to be stupid on your own, that's your own business. You get in trouble, you do whatever, I mean, that, that's your business. But the second you got the jersey on, now you're representing something else. And so, and so even back then, in high school, the, I kind of understood this idea of protecting the reputation of something that was bigger than me. And can I tell you guys, it's the same thing with the kingdom of God. You have the ability to carry the anointing and to, to demonstrate that and to propagate that and to let people see that so that other people can latch on to it and you guys can do something amazing together. You have that. You must guard that. Be jealous for it. Don't do anything that would compromise your anointing. When David sinned against God and, and, and all, all the stuff with Bathsheba, and you know the story in his prayer of repentance, one of the main things he says is, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He faced all kinds of consequences for his sin. All kinds of bad stuff happened to him. You can go and read his whole story, but what he was most concerned about is, God, whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I can live without the palace. I can live without some of my relationships. I can live with all of these things, but I, what I cannot live without is your anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, please, light will find light, so please carry an atmosphere of anointing and guard it. Show it out there. Put it out there for everyone to see. Be a conspicuous Christian and guard it with everything that you have. Last but not least, and we're going to finish early tonight, feed the prophetic exchange. Feed the prophetic exchange. So here's the thing. To say that, it sounds ultra-spiritual and a little bit complicated, but it's neither of those, actually. It's, it's, it's very easy. This is the same thing that happened between Mary and Elizabeth. You see, both of them had the gift of God in them. And when they saw each other, something very special happened. It was a connection that went beyond friendship, went beyond conversation. It was, it was connecting on a spiritual level. They, they saw the anointing in each other and it started bubbling out. It started bubbling out to the point that it spilled out. And they began to speak the word of God and praise God. In your life, as you go around in your everyday world, I know it's difficult to, maybe it's not second nature, maybe it's not your nature to just think about the things of God just in your everyday life. But try to make it a habit. And as you go about your day, as, as you walk down the halls of your school, as you're out at the mall, as you're at your job, whatever it is that you're doing, then, then have your eyes up. And checking to recognize anointing in other people. Let your light shine and be on the lookout for other people and letting their anointing shine. Seek them out and keep your head up. And then when you find somebody like that, this is where you, you can engage with them and connect with them on a level that is, is so incredibly deep. This transcends ages, that transcends generations, that transcends... Uh, how much money you got, what they look like, where they go to school. 
it transcends all of those things. When you see somebody that has a similar anointing, and you'll know it, you'll see it, because, because light recognizes light. You recognize, okay, I see in you, I see this ability in you of worship, but I'm going to now connect with you, and I'm going to start speaking that out. I'm going to start speaking that life, and I'm going to let it bubble out. I see in you that, that, that you've got this joy that's pinned up inside of you, and, and it's covered right now, but now I'm going to speak this into your life, and it's going to start bubbling out. I'm going to start speaking prophetically. I'm going to listen to what you've got to say. I'm going to start worshiping the Lord and saying something. And it starts kind of small. You know how it goes, right? Just in conversation. Man, God is so good. Maybe you don't even, maybe you've just met this person, but you recognize in them the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, God is so good. Yeah, He is. Hey, you know, where do you go to church? And it just starts small. The next thing you know, you're praising God about how many incredible things he's done. It's awesome to say, you know what God has brought me through? It's it's incredible to say, you know what, I face these horrible situations, but you know what God has brought me through? You know how much peace I have? You know how much joy I have? And you start speaking the things of God. And as the anointing in you starts speaking about how good he is, then the anointing in that other person that you connect with, they start speaking about how good God is, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, it's like double jumps on the trampoline, and you start speaking out the mysteries of God. And you never know what happens in that kind of atmosphere. It can happen in church, it can happen at church camp, it can also happen in your high school. Wouldn't that be strange? Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that potentially turn a whole generation of young people to Jesus? If all of a sudden there were two people in the hallway starting to talk about how good God is and suddenly one of them is miraculously healed because it's crazy what can happen. Guys, I believe in anointing that's so powerful that people that are just walking by you can feel God's presence and see their sin and need to repent. I'm not talking about want to repent. I'm talking about need to repent. That anointing is possible if you can find somebody that shares your values, find somebody that shares your passion, and you can start speaking to them prophetically. It's, it's iron sharpening iron. It's constructive interference. It's doing incredible things. You're speaking the word of God. You're speaking the mysteries of God. You're speaking the praises of God. And you are creating an atmosphere wherever you are with this other person. Be a catalyst to the miraculous without limits. God is so good. And He's got huge things for you. Thank you for listening today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast to receive the latest episodes in your inbox. We will begin meeting as a physical campus in early 2020. If you live in the central Arkansas area and would like to be part of our launch team, please visit us online by clicking the link in the description below. You're also more than invited to attend our main campus at 8013 Jackson Volcano Road in Sherwood, Arkansas with lead pastors Kenny and Kristen McBessel. We'll see you soon.